You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. And I'm the other, Daniel Sanangelo. And with us, as always, is our producer, Jesse. Hello. And this week is our special Mother's Day edition podcast of 80s Revisited, in which we'll be, we will be talking about the classic Dirty Dancing. We have two Yay! very, very special guests here today. Uh, one of them is my wife, Autumn. Hey. And also Daniel's wife. You can Andrea. Hi. <laughs> and we brought them in because, of course, we can just, me and Daniel could sit here like we normally do and just talk about how awesome Patrick Swayze is about this movie, but we thought that would be a disservice to our loyal listeners. We ha- Dirty Dancing is a, is a classic among both genders, so we decided to, for Mother's Day, because this movie is very dear to my mother's heart and Daniel's mother's heart, to have some estrogen on the podcast, so we'll have a very different view of some things, <laughs> certain aspects of the movie, I'm sure. Uh so uh, let's get right on to it. This was released on August 21st, 1987. I was a spry lad of seven at this time. Daniel, you were, what, about three? Yeah, four. Four? So three, four, yeah. Uh, budget was $6 million, made three point nine on the opening weekend. Its worldwide gross was $213 million. So <laughs> massive, massive blockbuster. Uh, its domestic gross in the U.S., however, was $63 million, which was still ten times its budget. So yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, still... Uh, a very huge, incredibly uh, successful movie. Uh, it was the 11th highest grossing movie of the year. And I think for, uh, I think we're talking about Terminator. Like uh, 1987, do you know what the highest grossing movie was? It wasn't, that wasn't the Beverly Hills Cop one. That's mm-hmm. a totally different year. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it was a different year. You have to give me what it starts with. I got to at least try it that. It starts with a number, so you might actually get it. It starts with the number three. Ninjas. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Three Minute of Baby. Wow, who was written by the John Hughes, right? Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. The director of Dirty Dancing directed the sequel. Yeah, that's it. That, I knew there was lady. some little connection you there. You, have you seen Three Minute of Baby? Yep. Did you ever see the ghost in the nope. movie? I, I mean, I went to YouTube before and yeah. looked it up. It's just a cardboard standout. It's not really a ghost. But I remember when I was a kid, that was like a huge thing about that movie. Oh, the ghost. Did you see it? It's a kid that shot himself with a shotgun in the apartment. Oh, and he haunted in that one scene. Well, that's not what it is. If you, have any, if you haven't heard this before and you're listening, go check it out on YouTube. They have a little you know, slow motion video. And it, when you first kind of see it, it is kind of creepy. Like, whoa, what is that? But it's just a are cardboard cutout. Are you kidding cutout. me? You kidding me? And what are we kidding you about? Look who directed Three Men and a Baby. Okay, I thought you were talking about the writing. <laughs> No. I knew Leonard Nimoy directed it. Leonard Nimoy directed Spock himself directed Three Minute Baby. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mine's vulcanized. <laughs> That's why it did so well. Well, it was also a good one. I mean, you have three of the classic 80s stars. Steve Gutenberg, Tom Selleck, and Ted Danson. Yep. And a baby. Yeah, throw a baby, baby in the mix. It, I mean, that's a volatile situation. <laughs> that, that really gave it the star quality. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the final thing that just pushed it over into epicness <laughs> and massive blockbuster. What did Gutenberg do? In the, he was a no t- TV show wise. Police Academy. Oh, he did all the. Police yeah, he was. Academy. Uh, what was his damn name? Um, some with an M. Wait, Nobody who are you talking about? Mahoney. Steve Gittenberg. Gittenberg. Mahoney. Oh, Mahoney. Mahoney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, what's good job, name? Andrew? That's why you're here. <laughs> I like it when you look at Steve Gutenberg's like history on IMDb, like known for it's all the Police Academies <laughs> and Short Circuit, another classic eighties movie. But anyway, uh, IMDb, IMDb rating on this movie is a six point four. Which I would say that's pretty low, in my opinion, yeah. for, for this film, because I think it's surprisingly. It's very low. It's a, to me, I think yeah. it's a good movie. You know, it's it's fun to watch. We'll get into that. Rotten Tomatoes, sixty eight percent. So very pretty close, close to in, IMDb as far as the ratings go. And of course, Rotten Tomatoes is more of the critics. You know, the uh, variety of what the critics say, and then IMDb is everybody who signs up for IMDb and you know puts a star rating on it. So, you know, it's very odd when they those usually tend to match because usually there's a a difference one way or the other yeah. on them, you know, so that's kind of odd. Uh, it was directed by Emil Ardolino, who pretty much the only other thing he did after this was Sister Act, another one of my mother's favorite movies to watch over and over on VHS repeatedly. Three Men and a Little Lady. He directed well. that one, but everybody knows that Chances wasn't, are, that that was wasn't a good. One. I wouldn't know about I that. I never one. watched that one. That one's Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Yep, oh. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. And Sybil Shepard yeah. when she was attractive. 
I'd laugh. Good deal. <laughs> oh, well, oh, go ahead. Before I really looked up the director, I thought it was a woman. Just by the you name. You just assumed? Oh, yeah. by the name? Emile? Yeah. Or you thought maybe it was, it was French it? and it was Emily? Yeah. Emily? With an accent <laughs> aigu over the C-E? Email. Oh, speak, speaking <laughs> in the French, but Jerry Orbit. Oh, yeah. Doing Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Grey, of course, played Baby. Francis, Baby Houseman. Uh, of course, any student of the age would remember her as one of the Wolverines from Red Dawn, another <laughs> Patrick Swayze classic, and also Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, of course, the legendary, the late, great Patrick Swayze, Johnny Castle, the Rebel, Red Dawn, Point Break, Roadhouse, Two Wong Fu, Ghost, Donnie Darko, amazing stories. I could go on and on about the Swayze. Go on. I love the Swayze. <laughs> we talk, we, we talk about Val too. Kilmer a lot on this podcast, but... To me, in the '80s, as far you know, aside from Stallone and Schwarzenegger, there was Swayze and there was Kilmer. Yeah. And hey, you know, and there, there's the uh, connection there. Because remember uh, last week's podcast, I kind of went off on a tangent about one of the who was going to play who mm-hmm. for a while. There, Val Kilmer was going to play Johnny yep. Castle, which was very unusual how fate <laughs> weaves its threads through this podcast with relating to Val Kilmer and Patrick Swayze. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, of course, Patrick Swayze did pass away uh, September 14, 2009. I will never forget where I was when I heard mm-hmm. the news that Patrick Swayze passed because I was in Disneyland, motherfuckers. So we just got <laughs> off a right. ride, and I looked at my phone, and it's uh, just I was checking the time, and there was like a little news thing popped up. Patrick Swayze passed away. And, it's pancreatic cancer, right? Yeah. You're like, nothing's going to bring me down. I know. We just got <laughs> off a roller coaster. I was like, this is a great day. The sky docking as my phone lit up. Did you? Were you sad? Like, did you go to your your hotel? No, it kind of bummed me. It literally bummed Aud- me out Autumn for the was rest like, of the what day. Do you want to do some? No, I just want to remember, stay remember here. when it was my birthday. <laughs> yeah, we were in Disneyland for my birthday. Swayze died. It's it ruined the day. Well, see, September's a bad month. It's it's like September's a terrible month in my family, simply because. It, it, it's, it's the best of both worlds. It's a great month because my mother and wife were born in September. But uh, my grandfather died in September. Patrick Swayze died in September. And my dog of 10 years, Rimshot, died in September. Aww. So it's like, usually if I know somebody, I always fear around September. Like, I'm always, <laughs> always double-checking. You make, call me when you get, make it home. You know, I just want to... Yeah. I'm always a little apprehensive about the people I know The human in September. dog. The human hidden side Best of dog. damn dog ever. <laughs> <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as you mentioned, Jerry Orbach played uh, Baby's uh, father, Dr. Hausman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best known for Law and Order. Correct. That's where mm-hmm. most people, would, especially nowadays, would remember him from. But also he was in Brewster's Million, Millions, which was a Richard Pryor, Pryor comedy in the 80s. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of people don't know, but he was the voice of Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Did a great mm-hmm. job, too, because I wouldn't have thought it would have been him mm-hmm. if I didn't. And I mean, then, uh, I, I found out about this yeah, years ago. Right. Yeah, and then uh, he was also in Universal Soldier with Van Damme and Dolph <laughs> Lundgren, the original, not any of the terrible sequels. Uh, and he did pass away as well. He passed away in 2004, so he is no longer with us. Him and Patrick Swayze are, you know, I guess Swayze's dancing better place. and he's healing yeah. people from abortions in heaven. Um, All right. Okay. Because <laughs> there are abortions I have abortions to relate it to heaven. the movie. How about he's like... Maybe he doctors the fetuses that are aborted in heaven. You're like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm a doctor. I'm going to get a totally different response from this. Yeah, this is getting weird. I have to tie it to the movie, people. It's all in good fun. I know there are no abortions in heaven. Unless you think that there are abortions in heaven. He talked about, like, he he might have been... Hey, I'm not a bad guy here. Yeah. French maid. Just the idea, not his beliefs or nothing. Jeez. God, this episode's going downhill fast, man. we got to bring it up. I knew it was a bad idea bringing the wives in. Why did you make me do this, Daniel? No, uh, and Cynthia Rhodes played Penny. The abortion E, I guess, would be. Oh, God. <laughs> the dancer. <laughs> uh, she was in Staying Alive and also the Tom Selleck. Abortions and Dirty Dancing. I'm well, not too familiar. We're going to get into that because, like, uh, Autumn said she had an angle about the movie. Well, that's my angle about the movie, <laughs> which we'll get into. Angle? Just wait for the riveting discussion. Abortions for all. <laughs> There's this movie about abortions. Have you seen it? <laughs> well, that's they why I was rated PG-13. <laughs> they dance around the idea of abortion. <laughs> anyway, Cynthia Rhodes, the aforementioned abortion. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This, this was kind of a bad idea. Can we just move past it? What else okay. do you have? 
okay, okay, enough, enough. Let's not make any references Cynthia Rhodes, to their the one who had the now. medical procedure. Uh, just also she's from... the professional dancer with <laughs> yeah, Patrick Slade. She's a female dance instructor. Well, there's yeah. a lot of dancers in this movie. It's called no. Dirty Dancing. No. The blonde penny. There's... There you go. Oh. What Which does she is, do? That's funny. A blonde penny. There's also another blonde penny that's very dear to my heart. Oh, his mother. Why do you say next? So you can get on with it. You are, you have no patience on this podcast. This is the essence of it. We're just snowballing here. All right. I got a sheet in front of me. I'm on track. Go. Okay. Yeah. Cynthia Rhodes, as we've been talking about for the past five minutes, she was also in Staying Alive, which was a sequel to Saturday Night Fever, which was also directed by, do you ladies know? Nope. Sylvester Stallone. Really? Yep. He was halfway aboard it. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell by his face. <laughs> Uh, he just got off that subject, and then he just adds that. Hey, it wasn't me that time. Uh, she was also in Runaway with Tom Selleck, and also Flashdance, right? Yeah, she was in Flashdance. Uh, obviously, her talent is dancing. Uh, Not abortion. <laughs> hey, look, I'm trying to get away from it, and every time I get away, you bring me back in. <laughs> anyway, but uh, Runaway was a movie with Tom Selleck about. It was a kind of a futuristic movie in the '80s about robotic spiders that like inject acid into people and kill them. But the villain in that movie, and the reason I went on this little tangent, the villain in the movie is played by Gene Simmons. Of Kiss fame. Sans makeup. He doesn't have the Kiss makeup on in the movie. Right. So he looks like he does now in his reality show. So that's pretty funny, I thought. But I guess y'all don't care. So moving on to Wayne Knight, <laughs> who played Stan in like maybe three lines in the whole movie, but uh, everybody should know him from Seinfeld. Yeah. And also he was the infamous Dennis Nedry in Jurassic Park, who caused all the chaos to befall the wonderful amusement park that we could all be going to right now because that was a true story looks like a mugshot <laughs> his yeah. imdb picture he's much skinnier than he used to be yeah, way skinny like surprisingly it's like one of those kind of shocking things when you see him in something now just how skinny he is compared to what he used to be uh, he was also in jfk i don't know if you saw that one but he was uh, one of uh, kevin costner as jim garrison's assistants in that film so now with all the who's who and Wait, whatnot one more. mrs hausman the you, mother yeah um, I didn't write her down because I didn't care about her. But if you please elaborate. Actually, actually, I just didn't realize until I was watching it as an adult that she was the mom in um, Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls. Oh, see, I want to know that. Oh, yeah, the, if we're gonna talk oh, about like oh, the women have the floor. Yeah. If we're gonna, I'm gonna talk go about, get a beer. Okay. And it was just interesting because it was like, man, she's such a bitch on that show, and, she, and this one, she's like, I think she gets it from me, and she seems so much nicer. She know. wasn't supposed to play the mom on this movie. Was that was. Jane Brucker? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. She was supposed to play the the no. the cougar. Yeah. And that's the sister. That's the sister there. Oh, that's Freddie Mercury's sister. Oh, well, I asked. That's what she looks like. <laughs> no, it, it's uh. Or you mean if Freddie Mercury shaved his mustache and Kelly Kelly Bishop? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Kelly Bishop was supposed to play the cougar on the movie. If you watch the movie enough, you know the I'm one that tattletales on Baby and Swayze. Yeah, but um, uh, they really. Whoever was going to play the mom, but backed out or whatnot, so she went to play the mom. And actually, I think it was the choreographer assistant who decided, or, or the cinematic photographer, mm-hmm. anyway, decided to play the uh, cougar in the film, mm-hmm. the big boob lady. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty hot. Uh, anyway, okay, we got all that out of the way. Now it's time to open the floor. Uh-oh. It's a very crowded floor today. It's almost like a dance floor. Ha ha. <laughs> Weren't, weren't, weren't. Sorry, guys. It's just not my day today. Anyway, to the discussion of the film. Ladies, would y'all like to start? Or would you rather hear what we have to say first? I'll go ahead and start. Okay. So, I remember being in high school and loving this movie. You know, identifying with Baby, like, your parents are so embarrassing, blah, 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 blah. Well, I watched it again recently, and as an adult, I guess, I identify more with the parents at this point. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, how long were they on vacation? Because both their daughters started making out with the staff. How long were you there before your kids were all over the waiter and the dance instructor? Well. Seriously. In baby's defense, I kind of lost it a little bit when Swayze walked in the door that first time. <laughs> yeah, but like, come on. There's no air conditioning. You know it's hot weather. <laughs> but me, me and Andrew are having the discussion how, like when you're watching it when you're young, you're kind of like, God, the dad's an asshole. And then <laughs> when you realize that the fact that Patrick Swayze's like in his late 20s or something. And she's 17 or 17. Easily, because the older sister is like 17, 18. So baby's like probably 16, 17. I I thought she said at the beginning, like, this is the summer I was 16. And so. Yeah, she said something like that. Yeah, yeah, you start to think as an adult. Yeah, you know, and and 
the his the dad's supposition that Swayze was the one who knocked up Penny, right, and then paid for her to have an abortion, is totally legit. Like, yeah, why would he not think that? Yeah, and then you think this guy's gonna come and start sleeping with my sweet sixteen year old <laughs> daughter. He's actually lucky that this didn't take place in the South where he would have been with a gun. Well, that's what I was wondering. How long were they there before your daughter started sleeping with the staff? Yeah. Both your kids. Were you there a week before this happened? Like, uh, how long were you there? didn't actually sleep with them. She wanted to. Good thing she didn't. She, she walked, dude, was on the golf course. They were walking back. Yeah. And he was, I'm sorry you had to see that, baby. There's a lot of ugly things in this world. Because <laughs> she, she wouldn't sleep with, um, yeah. what's his name? Robbie Gold. Robbie, yeah. thank you. The father of the, uh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know what we're talking about. The aborted fetus. I wasn't going to say it. I mean, I don't think it should have been called Dirty Dancing. I think the appropriate name would have been, like, Our Last Family Vacation. No, no. We we had this discussion. I've never taken them anywhere again. No, this title is very appropriate. Because they're not talking about dancing on the dance floor. They're talking about the dirty dancing in the bedroom. Because that's what this movie is about. This movie is not about the dance floor. It's about the bedroom. I can go both ways. I don't know. You, uh, it's a double entendre. She, yeah, when she walks into the, dan- the staff dance house, that's some pretty dirty dance moves for. Well, for then, especially because the movie takes even, place in the '60s, yeah, early '60s. So yeah. I mean, think about like. Well, I think that they just threw that in there compared to like. Instead of doing a twist, they're doing. It was, it was pretty dirty dance moves both places. I think, like, okay, we can't make this overtly about all the sex these kids are having, so let's actually add some dirty dancing into the movie. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, mother. <laughs> we keep it real on 80s Revisiting. <laughs> the real the issues. The thing is, is that once your kids outgrow their teenage years, they start to understand why their parents were freaking out about them having sex as teenagers. Yeah. So, there. <laughs> there's the Mother's Day aspect. Uh, you were rewarded 30 years later. <laughs> for putting up with all this and having to deal with these terrible children. <laughs> I never would have taken those girls anywhere ever again. <laughs> well, well as, as it shows in the movie, like, the dad didn't know until, like, you know, she basically goes, because oh, I was with him. Oh. Yeah. And well, then, you know. They were sneaking around and lying. Well, that, yeah, and then that, too. The fact that she calls him out and tells everybody there, I was sleeping with this guy. And this is the 60s. I'd have high-fived her. Heck yeah, Swayze. <laughs> you lucky. So now the dad's just been shamed in front of everybody there, too. Actually, yeah, he handled I, it very he, well. Yeah, I wouldn't have handled it that way. Well, I think he. I think his the way he, he was portrayed in the movie was, I agree completely, it was like right on. Yeah, like, last week you, you heard what I thought about just the kissing with uh, Claire. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> just kissing this random guy in front of me. I wouldn't care for that. Now imagine if, like, this... Really though, they were what? Maybe there two weeks. I, I don't yeah, know. It was a couple. It was at least a couple weeks, I'd imagine. I can because they're rich. I, I mean, they're never for banged a... a waiter on family vacation. I would <laughs> hope not, wife. <laughs> that just never happened. I don't understand. I you come to you on vacation and just like start. It's the sixties, it baby. It's the summer love. <laughs> no, it was the early sixties. Summer love didn't happen yet. Yeah. Well, well, apparently in the Catskill Mountains. It was basically still the fifties. <laughs> Some people started early. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The pioneers of the summer love. <laughs> I wonder if they had a dirty dancing too. How would they? Well, they did. They made that yeah. dirty dancing. Uh, I'm talking about. Or uh, did they have a com- a comparison to Johnny? I don't know. I no, I'm thinking. It. I'm no, saying like, what if they made it. a sequel like t- three years later? Like, I wonder, oh. what, <laughs> wonder if they thought about it. I'm sure. Tr- oh, they did. Yeah. Uh, I remember reading on IMDb something like they, you know, they were they talked for several times about how to do us how to do a sequel, but there's nothing came through. I mean, because mm. it was a huge, obviously a tremendous yeah. hit. You know, kind of like we talked about with Terminator a couple weeks ago, how, you know, T2, Terminator was a hit, but then Terminator 2 didn't come out to like nine years later, we said, or 12 Seven, years later. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, mm. significantly longer, whereas today, look at the Saw franchise or uh, even in other mediums like uh, video games, how every year there's a Call of Duty because it's well, successful. They, they did have they that in the 80s out now. with uh, Jason. We yeah. talked about that. Yeah, I mean, that was... That was almost more of an anomaly, like a new thing. Then you yeah. know, it was, and because you accepted the fact that they were bad, and as far as that example goes, you look forward to it for it being stupid, <laughs> and being silly and cheesy, and you know, kind of like how the saw thing was for, I guess, the younger people that might be listening to this, but not. It's still different because I mean, saw is just ridiculous. Yeah, but that's another topic. Back to the Mother's Day edition <laughs> with Dirty Dancing. Uh, what it, interesting Mother's would, Day. Would any, you ladies have anything else about y'all's thoughts on the movie? Okay. Before? Well, well, Ladies, what did y'all think of Patrick Swayze? Like, oh, how I, does can he take, com- I can take that question. Trey, what the fuck? Like, compared to 
celebrities, but you know, where does he rank the, the, with y'all? Wait, are in we terms of hotness, the movie or the hotness of the Patrick hotness Swayze? of Patrick Swayze? <laughs> It's, in you, can't this even, movie. you can't even describe Patrick Swayze as hot. You mean compared the, he to like is the sun. stars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Above today's I'll, stars? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I liked him actually a little bit better in Ghost with the kind of blonde highlights. But, um... <laughs> but, yeah, His softer side. <laughs> well, that and then, like, the fact that he doesn't do the whole... or didn't do the whole Hollywood thing, you know, yeah. was kind of like, nah, screw it, I'm going to go my own way. Just yeah, drink kinda, beer and like, lay my plane on the... Yeah, ride Freeway horses, and... have my farm. It was it was kind of gave him like a little bit of a you know rebellious streak, and the mm-hmm. he, you don't think he's there kissing everybody's ass, and <laughs> you know yeah, I like Patrick Swayze. Ooh la la! I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, simple. The whole time we're watching this movie, preparing for this podcast, I'm like, I wish I had his hair. His hair is so awesome. That'd be movie. great like, for the podcast. <laughs> I know you got guys, guys, guys. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> I mean, he's like dancing Michelangelo. And, and it's so Continue perfect. That's all I was qu- actually quoting. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. But uh, and when he walks in the doors, I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm a I'm a happily married heterosexual man, but like this dude's like, I wish I looked like Patrick Swayze in this movie. Like he is the epitome of cool in this movie. Check your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. About to get uh, yeah. some pictures of him. I like Point Break Swayze. Yeah, but not the mullet, full full on mullet one like that picture. Right, the Point Break. One yeah, is what I'm that, talking about. I I know. I didn't say <laughs> not the Point Break. I just said not the full blown mullet, the full long hair, shaggy lion's mane of Bodie. We also there's a couple of pictures of him uh, after he's been diagnosed with cancer for a while, and it, that was the saddest so thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I was kind of touching on earlier when we talked about how when he died and everything was that they kept releasing that he had been getting better. Because yeah. he had a TV show at the time, and they kept putting out new episodes, and it all seemed positive. So when he did actually pass, it was kind of a shock, like, you know, because everything you heard was that he was getting better. And, you know, he was, I've always liked, like you were saying, like, I've always liked Patrick Swayze. Like, he's always been a great actor. He's played in some of the best movies out there. Uh, I even remember from North and South, uh, the TV drama uh, mm-hmm. that came on a long time ago in the 80, early 80s. Uh, I used to love watching that. He was, uh, oh, Corey Main. One of the famous uh, skits in SNL. Oh yeah, with uh, Chris, Chris Farley as the Chippendale dancers, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but uh, Daniel, what did you think of this movie? Uh, like, what's your opinion of the of the movie itself? The ladies had the floor. Now it's the men's turn. Because my mom adored this movie. I watched it a ton when I was young, and you know, if it's one of those that comes on TV, I'll watch it. And how many okay. times have you seen this movie? Uh, probably about five. Okay, that's not what you told me on Plus the phone 20. the other day. Okay, there you go. <laughs> There you go. Now you're getting there. No, I've and seen this movie a lot. I mean, I know it and might be construed as a chick flick, but I enjoyed it. So, Dirty Dancing 30, Star Wars Zero. <laughs> it's all about to change, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I agree with you what you said. Like, you know, Dirty Dancing, it, in a sense, it is a chick flick. But when we watched it recently for the podcast, because I've only seen it maybe once or twice fully through, well, three counting watching for the podcast, and, like, it's, I think it's really a good movie. I like it's the movie. It's one of the I mean, last true, like, I thought... Ghost was good too. Yeah. I really enjoyed Ghost. One of the last chick flicks that, like, besides the Notebook, I didn't mind the Notebook. I thought it was pretty good. I thought Notebook was a good movie. Yeah. I mean, for what it is. Now, name another chick flick from from this from the Notebook's era, and, and right now, name another chick flick that you were. Oh, like, I, I can. Time Traveler's Wife. You like that? I Dude, never I was about it. to cry at the end of that movie. Okay, I, I I'm not watched. afraid to say it. <laughs> but, I've, I've watched that, but that, like. He didn't have Patrick Swayze. Yeah, didn't have, I mean, yeah, there was no counterbalance to all those women in that movie. Yeah, but I uh, haven't watched that. <laughs> you never watched Still Moonlight? No, I already knew some. some oh, that was my mom's. Fa- that was my mom's yeah. favorite movie. But like you, like when I grew up, my mom had the VHS of this. She she had basically three main movies that she watched over and over: <laughs> Dirty Dancing, Sister Act, and uh, oh, I had it on my tip of my tongue. I forgot. I'll think of it later. Anyway, but she just watched them repeatedly and repeatedly. And for Dirty Dancing, she had the cassette soundtrack that she listened to in her car, cons- like <laughs> until it wore out. Like literally, the tape broke, and then then she went and bought it again, and the That's cycle awesome. continued. Which I didn't mind because the soundtrack for this movie is. I need to go tell awesome. your mom how much I like very, her. Very I need well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but like this movie, I enjoy watching it first of all because it's kind of a like you were talking about with the whole abortion issue in the movie and the serious and stuff, and how it's almost kind of done tongue in cheek by some of the actors. To where it's like, you know, like, yeah, uh, her mom, baby's, or baby's dad knows that, you know, the situation that happened. But Patrick Swayze, instead of saying, hey, look, it's not my kid. He just, like, you know, storms off instead of explaining the situation. So it's like, it's, yeah. what's, there's this, <laughs> there's this upbeat song in the 90s that 
we had talked about it like we talked about it years ago where it sounds so upbeat but the word the words were horrible and dirty do you remember what song i'm oh, talking about i'm saying that wasn't me no no oh. oh i can't remember god it makes me mad send in an email it's <laughs> no, 80s revisited it's just a, a real upbeat song but it has such a dirty message. Oh about, wait, uh, are you talking about Samaj Charm Life? That's it. That, okay. What is it? Okay, when you actually listen to the words to it, that's a what's the title? It's about it's about using drugs and yeah, okay, banging and dirty dancing is kind of like that where you know there's some real kind of like this is a deep this is a deep movie like I mean but it's so entertaining that you kind of look past it. You well, know, it's kind of what it's an anomaly because they're dealing with. Well, in in American history at this time, abortion was illegal. Yeah, which is why she goes to a back alley dude with a what they say like a rusty knife and a folding table. Yeah, to get it you, done. Yeah. Which that was actual factual in that day when women would go do even, that. That's where they would have to turn. I read then, about even worse. Oh yeah, mm. it, but um, doing it and Roe versus Wade, I think, was mm. late sixties before it was you know legal nationwide. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around mm-hmm. there, you know. So this was before all that, and even abortion's still an issue today. Like in, you know, but that's one of those issues that you don't usually see in a movie, much less a movie that made two hundred and eleven million dollars. Yeah. Where that is a central part of this movie, and that's a heavy, heavy issue in the, especially in the eighties, and you know, it and, gets, and you can kind of think about underage. Yeah, you can tie <laughs> statutory that into rape it too, as well. Basically, you know, and it's just, but so, it's so damn entertaining. That you look past it all, it's just the like soundtrack. the soundtrack. Just like that. It's song. the soundtrack and Swayze. Yeah. The together. I mean, just Patrick Swayze dancing in a Holocaust, which we can't do it now because he's dead. But you know, a movie about the he's Holocaust and he's in the dancing. It's a good movie. Before he dies, you he's know? dancing in the gas chamber. Oh, gas. Oh, he could play Hitler. It could be like a dramatic story about Hitler. Producers a musical. Poke fun at you know producers. Yeah. They take they, a concept and it's a you know funny. Hitler on ice. Yeah, <laughs> well, springtime for Hitler and, and the producers. Yeah, South Park does that a lot too. Hitler's yeah, one of their, yeah. Hitler and Sodom are their. It favorite. could be done right, and they did it right in Dirty Dancing. You know? mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that, but it's just you know they're talking about this heavy-handed issue, but you know then it's like we got we you know uh, you know yeah she's healing from her back alley abortion. We need you to dance. You you know they're more worried about you know the pressing yeah. matter in this is like okay she got the back alley abortion now we got to get you ready to dance. Yeah. And that's like the movie. I was joking with Autumn is that to me this movie is like a lifetime movie with a happy ending. <laughs> you know, because the the except Robbie, you know, he's the jerk. The jerk, you know, is taken care of in the movie. But you know, the woman is in the end happy, and everything's ha- you know she ends up with her her dream guy, and they do the lift, and everything's hunky dory. You know, so it's a it's a lifetime movie with a good ending. Yet somehow it, immediately the dad's like, yeah, he's all right. <laughs> and this went bang. <laughs> well, they had to sum it up within the song, you know, like that quick. They had to wrap it up. He really, like, within the span of three minutes, turns on Robbie and tells Johnny that, oh, you're okay, when dude. I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, but he still doesn't never Yeah, say he, he never shakes. Never you know, apologize. It kind of ticked me off because uh, I really paid attention to the movie. This, I mean, I'm, you know, when you watch, there's a difference between watching a movie and then, like, watching a movie, yeah. you know, and I was, like, really watching. I was like, because Johnny was telling Baby, like, you know, I wish your dad would look at me and shake my hand and put his arm around like he did Robbie. I was like, when he didn't do that, he didn't even shake his hand, and he was just like, "I'm wrong. I say I'm wrong, baby. You did good out there." You know, it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. I apologize to you. So we're gonna go back. Well, to I wouldn't it. even done that though as that father. I'd be like, "Get away from me." <laughs> you're like thirty. Yeah, this is, you're 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 closer to my age than my kids. You Might have been like, you know what, honey? Good job. It's freaking Patrick Swayze. Oh uh, yeah. High five. <laughs> Get pregnant if you can. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> Wow. Why he still has Wait, money? Very good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he's still like. Well, I'm glad you didn't end up getting her knocked up and then having an abortion before moving on to my daughter. But right. I still wish you wouldn't have slept with my daughter because she's 16 and you're 30. Uh-huh. Well, see, honestly, <laughs> I don't even illegal. think about the age difference. What What struck me is that she just, you know, tricked her dad to give her money to pay for a friend's back alley abortion. Not even a friend. Then, that bitch hated her. What? I, no. <laughs> but anyway, but then what does she do the next night? She goes, has premarital sex, probably most likely unprotected with the dude multiple times. Yeah. Premarital sex. <laughs> for that entire week that her family's on vacation. A week. You were only there for a uh, week. In the, se- the, the, the cover of the sequel, you know, the iconic pic, uh, cover of this movie where they're like holding each other and their shadows and it's all white and it's a dirty dancing. The sequel cover is going to be like her to the side pregnant <laughs> and Patrick Swayze in his Tu Wong Fu outfit and how this relationship just spiraled out of control or something. 
that's the sequel to Dirty Dancing after what happened in this movie. But uh, I had something else to say, but I completely forgot because I came up with that other thing I just said. <laughs> that's right. Bottom line is, I, I, watching this movie again, like I like this movie. It's uh, to me, it's a fun movie. I enjoy, I enjoy the music. Carry, oh, the you know, every time a good song comes on, he's just like, you know, oh yeah, I love this song. Oh, I like this song too. He made a great soundtrack. The uh, there's one thing I don't like about this movie. In the scene at the end during the time of my life. They have that little kind of slow part, you know, where it's, uh, where it, you know, it's all picks up and it kind of slows down. It's just a, uh, blah, blah, blah. You don't like him lip singing it? No. When, yeah. When he does that, he goes, and I, when he, the part where he goes, and I give it all to you. He has a chicken head. He's like, <laughs> you can't see what I'm doing in studio, but it is on YouTube. He makes this, <laughs> he makes this awkward face. Head is, huh? He's like, give it all to you. And that's, <laughs> he's just lip syncing, but that's what the song says. Now, every time I do that song on karaoke or something, I'm going to make that noise. I mean, I'm, as got, a singer. That's the, that's, that's the only part of this movie that just makes yeah, me just like bust out part. laughing. Okay. It's a cute moment. I did that at our it's wedding. The, it's his face. He's like, what the hell are you trying to say? I'm saying that, what I'm saying is, Daniel, that in this movie, it's when a, Patrick it's Swayze does video. it, it's funny. I didn't say when Daniel did it at his wedding, it's funny. I said when Swayze did it, it's funny. Don't make this personal, dude. <laughs> keep it, keep real life out of this. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, just came back. You know, I, I, you know, honestly, I like this movie. And uh, when I was a kid, I didn't really, you know, oh, that, your mom, what are you doing? I'm watching Dirty Dancing, and I'm going outside. You know, let me know when you're done so I can watch Superman or Star Wars. Blah blah blah. You know, but I really think, and, and it, I think as a movie today, and I think that that's where the subject matter kind of helps it, because you know, seeing it today in a modern setting, it's it's like I said before, it's very unusual. You know, you don't have movies about subject matter. Yeah. The the abortion aspect of it, you know, so it's very, it's an interesting thing to even watch just to see that, how they do it in that movie, in that time period as well. So I really, really like this movie. Yeah, I'm really surprised that the rating was that low because, I mean, most of, like, my little sister who wasn't even born until, like, the end of the 80s and she would have only seen this at the, like, the end of the 90s, but she still likes this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, kids today would still watch it and say, like, that's a good movie. It's Power of the Swayze. It's Patrick Swayze. Oh. <laughs> And the soundtrack. It's all on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't See, seem like he looks, it look like an 80s movie. That's a good look right there. Oh. He's so awesome in this movie. He just looks so cool. Like, he's like, I guess it's what our parents might have thought the Fonz was. Our, our, our yeah. dad's like, oh, the Fonz is like the coolest dude ever. Like, Swayze in this movie is like the coolest. When he walks in with his sunglasses, like, whoa. I wish I could be half as cool as him for like one day in my life. <laughs> At first, when I was little, I didn't know he sang. She's oh, yeah. like the wind, and when I found that out, he made me even like him more, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that was possible. Yeah, and uh, that's that's to me. I think we talked, we briefly talked about it for the podcast, but that's my favorite song on the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. That one and uh, "Hungry Eyes." I think I've done karaoke with that, or either I went to sing it and it wasn't on Jesse, who does karaoke, on his list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has the event on Facebook where you can mm-hmm. add whatever you want. Whether or not it. I'll get it. That's another question, but... <laughs> That's a whole other He thing. can at least then say he tried. Yeah. So what's y'all's ladies' favorite songs on the soundtrack? Look at the views. 121 <laughs> million views of the yeah, Final Dance number. We're watching the uh, Time of My Life Final Dance high quality. Yeah, 121 million views on this. Uh, it's not very popular. No. At all. <laughs> My favorite song on the soundtrack is Otis Redding's These Arms of Mine. Oh, yeah. Love Otis Redding. Otis Redding is awesome. I like that I like all of them actually. I even like the the one where she's dancing in the um, in the dance studio with him right before the nerdy manager guy comes up and she's oh, like, yeah. the Mickey and Sylvia song. Yeah, yeah, that one just makes me laugh. And I personally, my favorite was the song that her sister sang. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> so bad. I like that one even because it used to piss my brothers off so bad. So I would sing it all the time. If if Next time you watch this movie, look at her and then go look at a picture of Freddie Mercury, and they <laughs> oh look so similar, it, Sim- like a, similar. similar. Excuse me, Jesse. Let me get my grammar police on patrol yeah. today. Pronunciation is not the same thing as grammar, FYI. As I said, what if you're wrong? Yep. She can't hear that. She doesn't have earphones. Good <laughs> headphones on. It'll be a mystery, <laughs> a little secret the, for us. What was that? that uh, and my husband I love won't that. like this one as much, but. In uh, Family Guy, Star Wars, they do this dance scene oh, yeah. between the old man and Chris being the Jedi, <laughs> and it makes it like even better. Like when you watch this scene now, you're also kind of seeing creepy old man and Chris. <laughs> I want to know when and they it's did. Hilarious. I want to know when they did the uh, choreography. Like, did the Johnny? Did he talk to these uh, 
co-workers that, you know, he did yeah, a dirty yeah. dancing with and been like, I think... He did. Uh, if you remember, whenever he was talking to the nerdy guy, he was like, yeah, me and the other kids have been working on this real funky thing. Oh, and he shows yeah. him this dance move. And he's like, no, 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 I'm way ahead of you here. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, they, y'all just do the Madison or whatever this. and mm-hmm. don't do your... Nothing. You're good. Cool, I'm glad I... That was a Rocky Horror reference. <laughs> I don't need you to correct me when I make a reference. God. Anywho, it's so like a honeymoon all over again. <laughs> so they came up with this, and then like he was finally, you know, he was able to bust it out. And there's the lift. Like, yeah. Oh! Most of the time, there's no explanation whatsoever, and they just all dance together. Just yeah, I mean that's like no, it's usually a musical. <laughs> yeah, they covered their bases. True. In this movie. There's another thing I didn't never know watching this movie until I saw it as an adult with my husband. He explained to me the part where Johnny uh, punches Robbie and then says, "Hit me." hit me and he points right to his chin. I was like, why the hell would he do that? He's already got the guy on the ground. Kick him and go. Just be done with it. And I was like, why would you give him a chance to hit you in the face? And Daniel's explaining to me that because when you punch a guy in the face and he just blinks at you, that's really scary. And I was like, oh, I never got that before. I was just thought that was just like some kind of masochistic type thing. Well, it's, usually, it's pretty much yes. just a movie thing. If somebody punches you in the face, you just... No, but it, if that was the case... And, so, you, and you got in a fight with somebody, yeah. and he just looked at you or started laughing at you? It's no. an interesting feeling. Well, you know what I would do, Daniel? <laughs> I'd do a Jack dancer, Burton right? and then at least punch him about at least two to three more times and then be like, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were right. I was wrong. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And I'm the first one wasn't a fluke. <laughs> you took three punches. Okay. Have your shot. But uh, speaking of the soundtrack, it was 18 weeks. That's number one wow. on the charts. And it actually, was, it was the end of uh, 87, beginning of 88. Like it's rain, so to speak, on the charts. So it, uh, and it sold over 42 million copies. So the soundtrack alone, which is no uh, surprise how oh, yeah. good it was. You know, we all agree that it's really good and a lot of good songs. And they actually re-released it. The version I have on iTunes was like the it, like every single song that was in the movie is on it is on like the including Freddie Mercury's. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no. It has it has the end song, Fredina not her Mercury. little. Like audition one or whatever yeah, for that's it. That's the only one. I want. <laughs> yeah, that one. But in like the regular soundtrack, it only has like ten songs out of the movie. The main ones like unique to the film and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was huge success. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, the one that uh, came out right after we talked about the Breakfast Club, the uh, Whitney Houston's album, second album, whatever, was the one that this like kind of came out right after and dethroned mm-hmm. within a week or two, something like that. So to tie it into last week's episode. Talk about Whitney Houston's debut album and now her second one. No. I'm just tying it all together, man. Anyway, <laughs> let's hit up some trivia for the film and we had our nice little discussion. Anything anything else to add? You beautiful wife, you. Aww. What about? Any, anything, anything else before we just move on? Or just... I think that was it. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the trivia. Uh, in the whole film, you might, I don't know if you noticed this, but Johnny and Baby are in contrasting colors the whole time. He usually wears black. She's pretty much always in white. Or actually, we're watching a scene now where they're in the woods, where he on uh, the on the on the log. Yeah, he's pretty much always in black. She's always in white. Just kind of a contrasting color thing. Uh, and actually, they re-released this movie in 1997 because of a petition led by somebody. I know. Any guesses? Who do you think in Hollywood would lead a petition to get this movie re-released in theaters? Jennifer well, Grey. Nah. <laughs> that would be my guess. Conan O'Brien. What? Really? He led a petition to get this movie re-released, and the studios did re-release this movie. I remember it came out just like for a couple weeks, but then he revealed he was just doing it as a joke. He didn't really <laughs> like the movie. It was all like... Whatever. He's just saying that. He loves it. Maybe he does. I bet And then uh, also, I found... I really looked... Uh, uh, I'd read IMDb because I've seen this movie before, so I kind of looked at it before for like some of the bloopers and stuff to look for in the movie. Uh, during the monta- dancing montage when uh, Swayze's kind of rubbing his hand from her her arm down the side of her body and she keeps laughing and he's like looking ticked off that's actually real like his emotion is real because you know they're just filming scenes they don't know it's going to be a montage so you know he's acting you know doing his thing in character and she like keeps laughing and he's like you can really see it when you see that scene too in his face he's really ticked off at her <laughs> kind of scary a little bit there Swayze but they really didn't like each other I saw like as one of these behind the scenes of this movie and um I don't remember what started it, but they really did not get along. Huh. And at one point, he said something like, the only reason she looked good dancing was because of me. Well, that's pretty mm-hmm. true. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah. he's telling the truth. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, they actually, and I remember like when I was watching that most recently, I was saying, well, you know, for if they didn't like each other, they actually have pretty good fake chemistry. You know, I mean, like, it doesn't come across in the movie as yeah. they hate each other or, oh, what bitches, but... 
they actually pull it off pretty well. Definitely. Like, I would never would have guessed that, like you yeah. said, from watching the movie. Uh, and then the famous scene where they're crawling towards each other while the music's playing, that was actually, they were just letting the camera roll and they were just doing kind of like their warm-up for the dance. And they kept it in the movie because it, it turned out really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the one you already Love mentioned it earlier. Love is strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then we always have a, a Val Kilmer. We always mention Val Kilmer on this podcast. He was originally offered the role of Johnny Castle. Can Val Kilmer dance? I don't no. know. No, but, no, no. However, it, Billy Zane today. was offered the role, oh. but he didn't get it because he, in fact, couldn't dance. So, because that would have been nowhere near. And like we were, uh, we were talking last week about uh, the role of Bender in The Breakfast Club. How like Nick Cage and John Cusack were could have played him, or even Estevez. Uh, nobody could have played this role other than Patrick Swayze. There is no way. Now you mentioned Estevez being in. Um, Mighty Ducks, Outsiders? No, no, no. Outsiders. So is Patrick Swayze. That's true, yeah. Tie in. All of them were mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, uh, Matt Dillon, mm-hmm. Daniel Ralph Sine. Macchio. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Everybody Sine. was in The Outsiders. And then uh, also, of course, the famous line from this movie is nobody puts baby in a corner. That is actually on the AFI top movie quotes of all time list. It is number 98 mm-hmm. on the list. And on the Terminator episode, I mentioned that I'll be back's on there. I did look it up just to go back and let everybody know. It's actually number 37. Okay, that way you didn't say anything wrong and Philip yeah, Dobson. Yeah, Philip Dobson, if you're listening, if you want to correct me again, feel free. Just two weeks in a row bringing up Philip Dobson. Also, I love that guy. Behind the scenes thing, Patrick Swayze said he hated that line. And he kept really? trying to leave it out and they kept telling him, <laughs> no, you have to say nobody puts baby in the corner. And he hated it. Well, I'm sure, like, he probably got reminded of it every time he met a fan, like, yeah. oh, hey, say, can, hey, don't nobody puts baby in the corner. He's like, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Poor guy. And then, uh, don't have to be a dick about it. I hope you get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, Jesse. God. But uh, real quick, uh, speaking of the AFI top lines, do you know what the number one line of. Is it Casablanca? Close. I always think of that. Uh, That's funny. Is it Going with the Wind? wind? Yeah. Which one? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Bingo. The blonde has it. <laughs> number one. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Clark Gable, Going with the Wind. really was mm. that was like they censored it sometimes they had to fight to get it put in there because you can't say damn in a movie it's <laughs> one of andrew's favorite movies yeah if only it was made in the 80s we could i still have your it. mom's copy of that movie no well she's been looking for that <laughs> daniel for like three years I'm totally serious Give it to her for mother's day she's got it on blue right now so she, you can keep it mm. let your <laughs> wife enjoy it it was a gift for your wife and i've already got it well First in case you wear out the, the original <laughs> dvd or something happens uh, but as you mentioned before, she's like the one was covered in Musquezy, and he also sung on it, his voice. Uh, and for the role of Baby, Horseface herself, Sarah Jessica Parker, auditioned for the role. <laughs> Dang, so, I hope she is not listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a pretty general consensus that she now has a horse face. Now, I'll be the first to say in Hocus Pocus, gorgeous. I had a crush on her in that movie. But nowadays, eh, not so much. She looks like the Hanson brother in drag. The older one? <laughs> You can you can express your like disgust with that Go comment on the podcast. She was in. Um... Well, there's a Google. Just Google Sarah Jessica Parker horse, and there's a collection oh. of pictures. There's, 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 next there's a whole website. Yeah, there's a website yeah. dedicated to that. Where they just uh, put I forget what the website is. Oh, oh, Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a horse.com. Oh, Free plug. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it is real. She was yeah. in Footloose. She yeah, she yeah. actually was kind of cute then. She was. Yeah, I liked her. I mean, she she's not like there are certain <laughs> pictures nowadays. Like that's not a bad picture of her. And we're looking what? at the actual site. It's not. That's not like a horse face picture. But that one looks just like the <laughs> horse picture next to it. Oh, we're thing. just scrolling through some horse shots. And if you think, <laughs> just go to the site, folks. You'll thank yeah. us later. Yeah. Because I mean, Sarah I'm, Jessica Parker I'm not the only like one that thinks this or this website. South Park has a variety of episodes regarding Sarah Jessica Parker. So check that out, too. And then, uh, again, in my trivia notes, I did mention, kind of, we talked about it before, about the history of the, the abortion issue in this time. And it was, uh, 1973 was Roe vs. Wade. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, but they were legal in New York in, the, in 1970. Of course, this movie, though, took place in, I think, 63, we said. So it was still, in a, in a way, I mean, it was accurate to the time it took place in. And we're still looking at Sarah Jessica Parker horse pictures. <laughs> I'm trying to maintain journalistic integrity on the podcast. <laughs> And they just keep coming with more pictures. <laughs> she was running. <laughs> just go to the site, folks. It's the second picture from the bottom. <laughs> She's running in a wedding dress. It's just, you, you have to She's see it. She's galloping in a wedding dress. 
Okay. <laughs> now it is really getting too mean to her. <laughs> yeah. Happy Mother's Day. So Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> yep. We heart you. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned before how uh, you mentioned baby's mom. How she, uh, in the final scene, she says, like, mentions to Jerry, like, oh, she gets it from me. Mm-hmm. Well, there was an interesting thing on IMDb that the historical fact of that line isn't true necessarily because Jerry Orbach is a, was formerly a big Broadway star who actually was a Broadway rival of Jennifer Gray's biological father, Joel Gray. And they actually kind of were like the top two uh, grossing Broadway stars for a time to where like not. It was like a friendly rivalry type thing. It wasn't like, you know, they, were, they weren't enemies by any stretch, but like, uh, I think one of them was starring in Chicago and the other was whatever, of course, I don't know, whatever Broadway play there was at the time. But uh, yeah, her, uh, her dad in the movie and her real dad were basically That's rivals, true. Broadway rivals. See, I don't remember really seeing him in anything other than just this movie. Mm-hmm. So like when Daniel told me he's the voice of Lumiere, I was like, yeah. what? I would not have pictured that. And then, yeah, picturing it, like, I wouldn't have pictured him dancing. He mm-hmm. just, he plays, like, the grouchy old man too well. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled it off really well. And then, uh, we always like to bring in some of the real-world stuff that was going on around this time. Uh, in the real, of course, this released August 21st, 1987. Uh, on August 31st, bad, Michael Jackson was released oh, to nice. the public. <laughs> and nothing was ever the same. You know one, bad. I don't know, because Michael Jackson snaps a lot. And that's, oh. I couldn't think of a song. Didn't it I couldn't do the whoosh. <laughs> I don't have that sound effect where I can snap my wrist and snap my fingers and it goes whoosh. whoosh. And of course, we all know Bad led to the great Weird Al Yankovic parody, Fat. <laughs> so that's always a good thing. And then... I always, did Smooth Curve and I know it wasn't bad. But anyway. <laughs> it was on the album, right? Yeah. Smooth Curve was, was on, on Bad. The album, was it? Right? Was it on Bad or Moonwalker? Yeah, it was on Bad. Okay. Okay. Wasn't good totally job. Wrong. We always like to. I always try to find at least somebody who was maybe born around the day, just to kind of give you an example of you know when it was done. Uh, kind of like for last week too, there really wasn't nobody right on the date, so I had to go a, stretch it a little bit. Uh, on August twenty fifth, four days after this movie released, Blake Lively was born. You know who she is? Yes. Gossip Girl or something. Uh, like that? No. Uh, she was in Green Lantern and uh, she was in The Town with Ben Affleck and Jimmy Renner. Mm-hmm. That's this all I know her the from. Traveling pants. I don't really know she her. She was in that uh, Lonely Island video, uh, Just Had Sex, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Wasn't Jessica Alba, the other girl. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Makes sense now. And One then, that was in bed with Andy Samberg. <laughs> and then on August 29th, uh, the great Lee Marvin passed away in 1987. Uh, he's a really famous actor. Uh, he was in the Dirty Dozen, World War II movie. Mm-hmm. His last role was a role of greatness. He was Chuck Norris's partner on the Delta Force. <laughs> and a funny fact I read about him too I didn't know this I thought it was really cool i share with you guys but uh, he was actually offered the role of Quentin Jaws but he turned it down for this reason because he didn't want his fishing buddies making fun of him for fighting a rubber shark wow <laughs> so he turned down Jaws which the role of Quentin Jaws which of course is a very iconic role and made Robert Shaw a leading man so but Lee Marvin didn't really need to do it he was already a famous and established actor so but he did do that movie with Clint Eastwood Paint Your Wagon Red or something yeah. where he's mm-hmm. singing and that was pretty ridiculous so he wasn't worried about them laughing at him for well, that well guess maybe they gave him so much hell about that he knew he didn't want to put himself in a situation <laughs> where his friends are gonna but I mean if, if you if Lee Marvin is your friend and you're making fun of him you got some balls or you're pretty bit you know you, you know <laughs> Because he was like a World War II veteran, and you know he was he was the real deal. He was actually buried in Arlington National Cemetery, mm-hmm. where he's actually buried uh, after passing away and whatnot. Yeah, but uh, also in modern news relating to Dirty Dancing, there's rumors, and these were going around when they actually made the sequel, the uh, Havana Nights. Uh, but they're actually talking about now, like they did with Footloose, actually remaking the movie Lame. in 2013, and the the dance choreographer from the original is the one attached to direct it. Interesting. So, nah, no. there's no, you can't. This is one of those, like, I mean, you're going to have to change. I, I guess you can keep the storyline the same, but it's still, you know. Well, at least they would have a director that kind of knew the no. gist of it. A well, little I mean, if it's the same. Like, you know, you'll never be as good as Patrick. No, I'm not saying the movie's going to be good whatsoever. No, I'm just saying at least there's a little bit of connection there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if it's the same choreographer, then it's probably going to be the same, relatively the same similar dance number. So, like, you might as well just watch the original. Yeah, it's just, makes I mean, money, money. I mean, that, money not, that's, that's what that's it a, is. That's exactly what it is. You know, when they they keep bastardizing all these '80s movies, especially in the horror genre, which we talked about with Friday the Thirteenth. But you know, they remade Footloose. Uh, they're talking about remaking like Escape from L.A. and you know, remaking. I mean, a re, uh, remaking Escape from New York. Excuse me, not L.A. Uh, Think of how quickly they remade Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, 
well, you know, but business. I don't mind that one because it's more of a re, thing. you know, there's a but still, they're going to make a lot of money off of it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but they got to keep the, uh, Sony has to keep, uh, the they license. have to keep making it or they'll lose it. Oh, yeah, which exactly. would be a great thing because then Marvel would get it. And as we've seen with the Avengers, <laughs> that it would be something really amazing. That would be cool. Yeah. Get it amazing? Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was clever. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this remake train in Hollywood is just really just taking childhood memories and. Raping them? Yeah, I was going to use a very more derogatory full metal jacket term, but we'll take rape. We'll accept raping. Because uh, they're actually talking about remake the Neverending Story. No. Uh, of course, they're dancing, Footloose, RoboCop, which last I heard, Robert Rodriguez was attached to that, so I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, I, that's a little more acceptable to me because Robert Rodriguez as a natch for the over-the-top, desensitized type violence that a RoboCop remake would need, like Paul Verhoeven yeah. had in the original. You know, but it's just, this is really, you know, they need to, I would rather have make a sequel than a, a remake. You know, just say, oh, it's, it's Dirty Dancing 2 and it's these new people and the same crap's going to happen because it is a sequel. Yeah, you know this. Because I I heard the Footloose remake was terrible. I didn't see it, but nobody saw it. it, Yeah, that's what I heard. It's like garbage. I don't know. It feels like all these remakes are more so uh, because they're out of ideas. Yeah, Yeah. they don't like approaching new ideas, and uh, yeah, you could always go back and watch the old one. Yeah, they're not taking it away or aborting it. yeah, so that's why I don't feel like they're really avoiding it. Ha <laughs> ha! We laugh. I just found that so weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you can always go back and watch it. That's why I don't feel uh, like it's too bad of a thing remaking movies. It's just a shame that they have to. Mm-hmm. You know, the youth can always pick up the old DVDs, but they'll complain yeah. about visuals and stuff like that. Well, see, the thing with RoboCop, I can understand, okay, because the special effects, you can do so much more now than you yeah, can Yeah, but do. some people well, like there's that. There's no special mm-hmm. effects for this movie. For dirt, mm-hmm. like, That's true. There's no reason yet. for it to happen. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, when they can reanimate <laughs> Patrick Swayze and bring him it back, takes, it takes place yeah. on the moon. So you got to figure your dance Swayze. numbers involved oh, yeah. with that. There you go. She did They'll do the hologram Swayze. Oh, God. <laughs> On the stage. Like Tupac, he'll, he'll exactly. show up at Coachella. But uh, you, you mentioned the special effects in RoboCop, and I do plan on doing RoboCop on this show. But RoboCop holds up to today, and the reason I would say that is because there's no CG; it's all on set and people getting their heads blown up and ridiculous amounts of violence. It's just because I'm I big and dumb. <laughs> Sorry, I had to add Starship a... Troopers, which was directed by the director that's of RoboCop, what, that's why Paul Verhoeven, who also did Showgirls. <laughs> I don't know any showgirls quotes. Me Except either. I want to be a dancer, I believe, was one. I just remember hearing Jesse Spano was getting naked, and yep. that's about it. I had to it. go check that out. Why well, couldn't it have been Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so sad. That was awesome. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're all Kelly fans. Well, the men in here. I liked Kelly better than Jesse. Jesse was just too dramatic. I need my she's pills, so, Zach! She's so excited. I need my pills! And she's a drug addict. Yeah, on top <laughs> of that. <laughs> know it all feminist Johnny Dakota she was a terrible feminist <laughs> you see the one where they had to the like cheerleading she, she picked their cheerleading outfits yeah. and it was like Pentecostal skirts yeah. all the way down to the floor and that was ridiculous good times but uh yeah uh, about as far as Dirty Dancing goes and all that you know and, they should wait longer for the remakes mm-hmm. like okay most these movies from the 80s all of us who enjoyed them in the 80s or shortly thereafter are not old enough yet. Like, wait till we're older and close to death and not going to go <laughs> Or better, yeah, let, like, put, like, a 50-year minimum on it or something, yeah, or at least we're too old to care at that right, point. Like, at this point, most of the young kids would be, like, our younger siblings, not even our own children yet, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember my sister watching that. I remember my yeah. brother watching that movie. So they're not going to want to go to the theaters and see it either because it's not like, oh, this is something new and interesting. Mm-hmm. Or even if it is a remake, yeah, you should wait at least... 30, 40 years before you remake those kind of classics. Agreed, but it's still like, exa- you hit it on the head because I've talked to family members or friends or whatever, and like, like oh yeah, man, Halloween, that movie sucks. I'm like, are you crazy? That movie's fantastic. They're like, oh man, it's just stupid. I mean, who saw in the theater? I'm like, wait, you, wait, wait, wait. You mean the Rob Zombie remake yeah. of Halloween? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's garbage. Have you? Oh wait, there's it's a remake? <laughs> you know, and they, they put but out then, these movies that we grew up on and cherished, the same name, but people don't even know they're a remake. But then you got the little thing you're talking about if you wait it a while, but, but it'll eventually get this status that you shouldn't touch it in general. Like, you yeah. should never touch Gone with the Wind. You should never touch Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So, well, see, that's, I guess, one of the reasons they may try to make it now because 
I wouldn't want to try to. T- why they would even, you take on they, some type of movie like that? They even they but they do they could do something that'll update them like um, Meet Joe Black was yeah. a remake of uh, Death Takes a Vacation. But, yeah. but was but that was like, very popular? I, I mean, maybe like hugely but I mean, it was popular. Like a Forty hits. or fifty year mm-hmm. gap mm-hmm. before they tried to redo it, and then they did that. Um, Guess who's coming to dinner was such a big deal with Catherine Hepburn and Sidney Poitier. It was a interrelationship, interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. Thing, and then they remade it with Ashton Kutcher as Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Guess Who, or something. And it yeah, was but Bernie Mac, I think, was take. in it. Yeah, yeah, it was a different take on it, but it was still like it was funny. And by then, it was kind of like, oh yeah, this is fresh because nobody's going to go back and watch the mm-hmm. black and white version from fifty years ago. They need to just wait a little longer. Like we're all still able to remember this movie and show it to our siblings. We're not yeah. dead yet. <laughs> we're not dead. dead. Just we're- wait till we're close to death before you do it. But like it really. It won't. It won't be like a big deal because be like, oh yeah, I, I vaguely remember my sister watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and, and similar in that vein, uh, like or what you were talking about. Take for example, there's a classic film called The Seven Samurai, where mm-hmm. seven samurai protect a village. Yeah. You know, they're hired to protect this village from these bandits. Well, they remade. They in a sense remade it, but it was a Magnificent a Seven as a western. Yeah. That's acceptable to me. That's yeah. fine. You know, because. Uh, I wish I need to like go research this because there's there's something that's like there's twenty one there's only really twenty one stories you can tell and everything's mm-hmm. a variation of twenty one or whatever the number is basic numbers of uh, ideas or something mm-hmm. I can't remember but they're all like sort of variations and in the same sense you have seven samurai magnificent seven three amigos mm-hmm. it's the same thing except it's the com- the right. comedy greats of you know, yeah you know it's it's tweaked a little, exactly like you said and to me that's fine you know Star Wars is basically Mythology. in a sense. Yeah, Joseph Campbell, Hero of a Thousand Faces. And then uh, there's also a uh, same director as uh, Akira Kurosawa of Seven Samurai, directed a movie called The Hidden Fortress, which is what inspired Lucas to do Star Wars, which it's, it's basically the Death Star rescue part, is mm-hmm. that with movie. The, with the 21 deal, if you had 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh God! All right, Jim Carrey, calm down. <laughs> Go back to your yeah, terrible actually, movie. With a lot of them, I've been watching a lot of the movies that y'all been doing with it? Daniel, and I've been laughing at how many of them do pull from mythology. Mm-hmm. Willow, yeah, very heavily influenced by mythology. Not, not so much for Dirty Dancing, but um, <laughs> we can get yeah. in a weird discussion. I don't know. Maybe that. we can. Maybe we can talk through this. Apollo didn't do that. That was I Dionysus. He was a really good dancer. <laughs> Well, they were it's, it's always showtime at his place, dancers, you know, so but... there's always people dancing at Apollo's. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm glad you finally got that. <laughs> My wife still hasn't gotten it, or she just thinks it's so bad that she's not even going to recognize <laughs> Thanks, baby. I appreciate your support. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. So, Dirty Dancing, everybody. Any final thoughts? Oh, I usually rating. give a score. Yeah, score. 8.5. Oh, Ooh. out of the sevens. <laughs> That's pretty high. Yeah. Now, was it originally 8.5? I didn't write anything. He just wrote, oh, his notes okay. were d- just the title, Dirty Dancing, because right. he's seen it 30 times. That's I didn't need any notes for it. I um, did. I would agree with that, like an 8. I think, really, truly, like, even if you showed this to teenagers today, they'd still be, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Probably could have used more boobs. But. <laughs> yeah, if they, yeah, I'm sure the remake will have probably, you know, yeah. a little more of that, as much as they can show. Mm-hmm. Baby, what would you give it? Baby. I'd go with an 8. <laughs> eight. 8. Yeah. Trey? But I'd hmm. kill those kids. If those were my kids, oh, hell no. Yeah. No, we're leaving. We're not staying through the weekend. We're going home now. You two need to put your pants back on. Well, the dad wanted to do that, but then, like, yeah. the dude goes, well, hey, you got to do the talent show. I want a thing. I'll be like, honey, Wait. your voice is terrible. We're going home. <laughs> we're beating the traffic. Your sister's going to get pregnant if we stay here one more night. <laughs> we got to go now. <laughs> She's buying people abortions all over the place. She's sleeping with the dance instructor. We're going. But uh, I would probably give it. I'm trying to be objective because I mean I do like this movie, but as far as a score goes, it's kind of tough. I have to think for a second, but I don't want to just say an eight. I would probably say because it is a little. The perform Patrick Swayze is amazing, Orbach's great, uh, the music is phenomenal, and I mean it's not a badly shot movie. I mean it's you know it's it's well done as far as its technical aspects go, uh, but it, the thing that just kind of stops me from like saying this is a like a truly great movie. Is that it's just there's just something about it that's a little silly, in a sense, if you get what I'm saying. So I would Big say Big Trouble in Little China is not silly in the slightest bit. Uh, have you met Jack Burton? 
Big it's, Trouble in Little China is not silly in the slightest bit. It's silly, but no, that's the point. Willow's this is a serious movie. Bit. You know, this is a. They're talking about back alley abortions here, and you know, I mean, Take it's it a, say because they have so many serious issues, but they don't really deal. with Yeah, those. exactly. So that kind of just makes it seem almost like a lifetime movie, like I mentioned before. So, but I do like this movie. I like it a lot. Uh, I don't mind watching it. It's really enjoyable. I would say seven point five would be my score for that's it. That's good. So, which to me, I mean, that's I a, that's a good. There was a giant score. puppet monster in it. And get no, a higher score. actually, quick before we end the episode, here's my here's what when we were watching it, and I'm, I'm his, this here's how to make this movie a man's '80s movie. Okay, Swayze's name in this movie is Johnny Castle. That made it a man's. Okay, here's here's my here's my alternate reality Dirty Dancing movie. You know, he's at this thing, and he finds out that his brother, wife, and family were killed at a park where they were eating lunch. His brother's Frank Castle, <laughs> the Punisher. Uh-huh. Johnny hears this news here and finds out that some of the kids there are related to the mob bosses that killed his brother's wife. So then, and he's already wearing black in the movie, so then he just goes and gets a freaking machine gun, Red Dawn style, and starts taking out the bad guys at this camp. And now you've ruined the movie. Yay! I just made this movie awesome. <laughs> and eventually, 9.5. He repents on everything. And that's the reasoning in Ghost, really. That's one of the odd reasons. <laughs> okay, that okay he Ghost is the sequel. <laughs> When he's okay, oh, like the, the people in heaven that you saw, that was all the people he had killed. And he was actually walking <laughs> to apologize to them. I think the all reason right. that you think that they're breezing over the serious issues is because you're supposed to identify with the kids and not the adults. So it's like, yeah, they're serious issues, but fuck it, we're dancing. <laughs> you're not supposed to identify with the parents that are like, what? An well, abortion? What? That's why it's breezed it. over because well, nobody cares. They, they're okay with it. Today. They just want to dance. Think about it, even today, abortion is such a risky topic that it's mm-hmm. just one of these better, like, the less said, the better. You don't really want to touch it or talk about it, or apparently except for this podcast. Well, if mm-hmm. you notice, like, everybody, so, like, all the younger people were totally okay that's, right. that that was going on. But if they had tried to make it any more about that, like, it would have chased away at least half your viewers. Well, no, you just yeah. had to get rid of Penny so that they could dance enough sex. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you well, they had focused more on, like... Oh, I mean, either way, they're going to piss off at least half the people. Well, that was like a serious reality. Like, it happens. You take care of it. It, it wasn't supposed to be like um, the, the focal point of the movie. Well, right. see, I yeah. disagree with that Unless because... Unless you were the parents, and then it's like, what, what? What? <laughs> You're doing what? Well, no, the thing is, they why, why did it have to be like that? They, she could have, uh, Penny could have easily broke her leg dancing or hurt herself, and they needed Jennifer Grey to jump on and do it, to be the well, dancer. Wanted, and, then, and then her the dad... The movie writers wanted to bring it up, but the kids in the movie were okay with it. That wasn't like a serious issue for them. They were like, oh, okay, you're doing that? I did that last week. <laughs> we all get the point. I'm saying, like, I think as the director, like, it's something where you want to mention it, you want to put it in there, but... You don't want to focus heavily on it because you don't want to piss off at least 50% of the people who might go and see it. Mm-hmm. Or at you just want to 50%. show that the upcoming generation is going to be cool with this. Because less than a decade later, it was totally legal. The, that and also the 80s movies were very heavily about teenagers having sex. Yes. Right. It's totally that, cool. Friday 13 series. Yeah. All of them. Already... I guess there and if you get in trouble, you take care of it. It wasn't realized. Well, again, you know, it wasn't until the mid-80s to even the, the AIDS thing yeah. you know, kind of yeah. came out. And that really kind of put the kibosh... On the whole mentality of premarital sex, and you know, and the explicitness of it. I mean, look at the movies. Uh, I know I can't remember the exact year, but I remember when you know, that, that was a huge thing when it kind of broke that AIDS was. It wasn't just a, a homosexual thing. It's yeah. you know, people are getting it from all sorts of things. It, it is an actual epidemic. That was mid late eighties. I don't know yeah. the exact year. That was that was when you know you had the red ribbons. You had Ryan White. And all, that actually might in the nineties, but uh, you know, you, you had stars like Rock Hudson and Freddie Mercury. And all that, you know, have, dealing with this disease, and that was a huge thing. So, honestly, if you kind of look, especially in cinema, how when that happened, it did kind of, it kind of got more yeah. about the violence as far as like action movies and mm-hmm. that kind of the man genre, the the romantic stuff was a little more tame, or yeah. you know, the, you don't have issues like this where it's just. I mean, you still had some. Don't get me wrong, you know, but it wasn't quite like this. Right. As, as an adult watching a lot of movies from the eighties, I'm surprised by like how often they're just like. Yeah, we'll just go have sex. It's no big deal. We're yeah. teenagers. Yeah. This is what we do. We're supposed to do this. Yeah, and it's not until like later in the 90s when it's kind of like a, oh, well, we're still going to have sex as a teenager, but now we're in a relationship, so it's okay. Whereas yeah. in the 80s, it's more like, yeah, huh. why not? We're drunk. What'd you do last night? <laughs> no, I'm this guy. Or bang this girl. I'm this guy. Right, and it took place in the 60s, and the upcoming generation was all about slinging it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. No, but I mean, again, also, but it, 
this movie was, of course, extremely popular, but, I mean, the first thing I latched onto when watching it, the first couple times I watched it, I didn't really notice the abortion thing. When I, when I, like we mentioned, I mentioned before, like, when I really watched this movie, I was like, that's the main thing I was focusing on the whole movie. But because I know for you're a, an adult now. But if you were, I was an adult when I watched it the last time with you because I've I've seen this movie three times total. <laughs> Two of them were with you, and we've been together for like five years. So I was an adult all those times too, except mm-hmm. before this podcast when I was playing with wrestling action figures. <laughs> <laughs> Had to have been here. Yeah. But like for example, my mom loved this movie, and I bet you know that probably just breezed over her because she was so in love with the movie, like the mm. the the kid story. The movie's propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> That's propaganda of dirty dancing. I know what it really meant. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you there. My mom loves this movie too, and I, I can assure you she's never really stopped to think about that because then she wouldn't like it as much. She just likes watching Patrick Swayze dance. And I don't blame her. I do too. So, I mean, it's it's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yay! Uh, all right, I guess we'll wrap it up right now. I'd like to thank our lovely wives for participating in this roundtable discussion of a romantic comedy classic Dirty Dancing ladies thank you thanks okay I hope, I hope you heard that anyway guys again thanks for listening uh, I'm proud to say next week is the start of popping Daniel Star Wars cherry the Star Wars extravaganza will begin for his birthday Yay! We are watching all three of the original trilogy Star Wars not the special editions these are the VHS pure copies unaltered by Lucas all the stuff's still in there we're doing it right so uh, we'll be having we're probably gonna end up breaking it up between maybe all three movies as three separate podcasts because we're gonna have uh, a lot of special guests of our friends who love Star Wars as much as I do grew up on it giving Daniel hell for not seeing it and getting Daniel's full uh, impressions of these three great classics of cinema I mean because there's pretty much there's Citizen Kane and there's Star Wars as far as I'm concerned in film (laughs) so we're gonna get his reaction to this and it's gonna be a great show a lot of fun so I definitely hope you stop by and Listen to that one as well. And also, don't forget, I forgot to mention at the beginning of this podcast, but all the other podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network, we got um, Geekly Dose with Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Nocentelli. Great about all your uh, keeping you up to date on all the geek news. And they also do movie reviews, comic reviews, game reviews. It's a, really a good one-stop shop for getting your Geekly Dose of news. There's Duo Attack with uh, Justin Owens and Jesse Sigilli. Uh Everything Hero Clicks related. Uh, Jesse's actually been kind of putting his... Quite busy finger on some map making so if you get a chance to check that out listen to that podcast he'll talk about it there's actually videos up on them so just get ready for that and Trey give them the uh, email address one more time if if there's anything you want to chime in about any of the controversial topics we've mentioned especially on this episode (laughs) 80srevisited at gmail.com 80 no apostrophe s revisited love to hear from you especially Philip Dobson if you got any more uh, corrections you'd like to give send our way feel free my friend we appreciate it and until next week, I remain Trey Harris. I am Daniel San Angelo. Jesse Sedgling. Oski. Cowabunga! Find this show and more at the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. Time of my life No, I need